as committed as ever to the Rift State podcast, it is me, Wayne Chalmers, with you. Episode number 23 of For Ref's Sake, the first and original refereeing podcast in the UK. Dig, dig, dig. I'm, I'm, I'm riding solo, babies. Yeah, I'm riding solo at the moment because uh, my usual co-host, Luke Scott, is, is not here. He's, um, he's winged it down to London to be with the SMD, the social media director, who... Uh, it's her birthday tomorrow, so they're away for the weekend doing London things, being lovies at the, at the theatre watching, uh, what's that thing called, Wicked. Um, so I hope they're having a wicked time down there um, in London. So yeah, I'm just feeling a little bit lonely, so I thought I'd play a little tune for everybody. Just, just let you know how I'm feeling right now. Celine Dion there. I felt like a late night DJ there for a minute. So yeah, I'm, uh, at the moment, I am by myself. However, it's Whoa, what a banger that is. What a banger. Because it is all right. Because actually, um, I have got a special guest co-host. You know, I've got rid of Luke Scott. He's an he's a afterthought now. We are joined instead by top of the lead leaderboard, Chris Rowland. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, Wayne. How are you? We're all good. We're all good. Yeah, we're, as I said, Luke, he's, you know, he's committed to the London thing with the, uh, with the SMD. Um I'm told the SMD is 28 tomorrow, um, a young pup compared to some of us, um, which got me thinking, actually, this is absolutely nothing to do with refereeing, but um, at the week, uh, on Friday, it was our last day at school, um, got a couple of weeks off, lovely, um, and um, I've seen on the old Twitter, um, some people have put on um, some pictures of, um, oh, what's her name, Jennifer Lopez, and... Um, oh, I can't remember the other one, but it was somebody equally... Oh, it's Julie Roberts. It's just come back into my head. And it shows you pictures of them 20 years ago and what they look like now. And it's fair to say they've aged gracefully. Um, Andy Humphreys, who I used to work with, left our school on Friday. Um, and I put a picture um, of when we uh, we went to Tulsa Races in 2013. And it's fair to say from 2013 to 2023, I haven't aged quite so gracefully i'm not i mean i'm looking at you on the screen mate i'm not saying anything about you either but you know that wasn't a dig at you but i was just thinking you know it's referee is a tough old gig 
Um, it certainly is, and judging by the colour of my hair, it does send you grey very quickly. <laughs> right, so um, we, we've had uh, lots and lots of uh, interactivity on your social media recently, and um, it, it, it's, I've got to say, but the old North Ants FA, they've gone all out this season on the old um, promotion of the Cup Finals. I even saw your picture on, on, on there today. You certainly did, yes. Uh, I was on the uh, Sunday trophy with uh, Daryl Neal and uh, good old Mick Matthews. Now, I don't think Luke Scott um, is involved in the um, the appointment of finals officials, but there does seem to be a lot of, for ref's sake, listeners uh, getting cut finals, doesn't there? I mean, was it Thursday night? Thursday night we saw um, the old pickle, Mark Wardell, get his 700th and 725th uh, County Cup final along with um, Errol Suter, who, incidentally, uh, is joining us this evening uh, for part two. We're going to talk to Errol, the, uh, the county import. Um, but, yeah, so we also uh, had some cup finals today, and there's a number of cup finals coming up. So if you go onto the North Ants FA website, you'll see um, which games are coming up. But fair play to them as well. They are identifying the third team. Um, as well, they're putting some pictures. I think they took those uh, those photographs, I believe, at the County Cup final evening, I'm assuming, Chris. You know that evening where I didn't get um, an appointment, that one? Yeah, you were just sort of just stuffed in the corner that evening, weren't you? But yeah, as we, uh, as we came in, we got our photos taken um, in front of the uh, NFA sign. So made it a lot easier for them for the programmes, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it was um, a good evening. And I can tell you're still not bitter about not getting selected, so. There was some interesting get-ups. I mean, it, it, it's it's funny that referees sometimes. I don't think they um, read the uh, information that comes that comes out from Ollie. And Ollie does like to send about seven hundred emails a week. You know, so I can understand a little bit. But it was, I believe, um, a smart evening um, on the on the evening. And I saw a picture. I'm not going to mention the referee's name, but he he covered all bases. So he had the shirt and tie on and the tracky top. I thought that was a strong look. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, combining styles is, is the way forward and uh, like you say, covers all bases. So, <laughs> so not much else to add to that. <laughs> it was, um, so what the county do is in in Northamptonshire anyway, they they, uh, they try to, you know, share the cup finals around the county. Um, so, you know, this the first one on Thursday night was at Owen Chenix. Um, today was at uh, Daventry Town, they're going to Wellingborough, um, I think they're going to Ketchum as well, possibly, there's a few others anyway, all around the county to get you know, I suppose give something back to the clubs that support um, support referees so let's let's start with game number one, because a little birdie tells me, or big birdie um, in this case that um, one of the assistants today on the game was a little bit busy shall we say well, busy is one term. Um, bold and brave would would be another term that that I'd describe it. But um, but yeah, I had a, a I had quite a uh, active second half, shall we say today. Um, we had a, a basically a, a ball that was sort of headed at goal. The defender on the line stood behind the line and tried to head it out. It crossed the line. I whacked the flag in the air and and legged it as fast as I could up towards the benches to let Darrell know it went in. So. Um, I think the only person really that questioned it was the guy that tried to head it off the line. So, um, you know, I was confident it was correct. That's an interesting learning point here um, because, you know, 
that's the whole point of this podcast. So we covered we kind of covered this on the referee basic referees course a little, but not overly because as we've spoken about in previous weeks, um, not everybody like yourself um, is an assistant that often. Okay, so um, you know it could be that some of the assistants on our cup finals it's their first foray into a different mindset. I was watching. Uh, there's something on the PGMOL Instagram page at the moment, which uh, was David Prutton, I think his name is, the guy from Sky. And he went to St. George's Park and he was with um, Kevin Friend. He was at that e- evening, funnily enough, uh, and all the other SU2 guys. And they were talking, and he was doing um, refereeing and he was doing um, some assisting as well. And one of the things that they picked up on was that he gave an offside decision, I think. And you can watch the video, it's on it's on the Instagram page, but it's, I think it's on YouTube. And um, they were saying that he wasn't in line with the second remorse defender and, you know, it can skew your, um, you know, your judgment. And um, so that was picked up. So going to, to your decision today, um, first of all, and I think I know what the answer to this is going to be, were you in a credible position to give that decision? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was on the goal line. Um, so I was I was looking straight across, um, uh, and a simple way to put it is for the very brief seconds happened so quickly, but there was a little bit of light between the post and the ball, so it clearly crossed the line in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, but you know I gave the signal, Daryl at the whistle, I sort of legged up to the halfway line to indicate it crossed the line, and then stopped suddenly because I realised I was running to the benches that uh, had just conceded the goal, so I didn't want to get too involved. <laughs> Which is an interesting point because this is what it's made me think about. So, when um, so when you give a decision, the signal is pretty much like a, I was was it like a defensive free kick still? Yeah, yeah. I, I just sort of agitated the flag um, high in the left hand, um, mm. made sure Daryl saw it, dropped the flag, and started running out um, away from goal to sort of signal to him that it had crossed the line and it wasn't a free kick that I was flagging for. Yeah, and it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult one, that, because when that happens, um, I'm guessing that all kind of eyes, from a refereeing perspective, would go to where the assistant is and they'd be looking for a credible decision. And sometimes you you might say, well, it doesn't look very credible if the assistants, if the other all turned around and they've looked at the assistant, and the assistant is running up the line. It's just something to think about, something to consider. Because as I said earlier, um, you know, a few minutes ago, um, for our new referees, our newer assistants, um, and we spoke about this last week, I think you've got to be really clear on your pre-match brief. Yeah, I, I mean, we had a laugh afterwards because um, uh, James was was filming it and, and put the put the goal on Instagram, um, and and you see the header go in, you see the header come back out, everyone asking for it, um, and when he pans round to outside eighteen yard box, I'm nowhere to be seen because I'd, I'd legged it um, up the line to, for signalling. So yeah, from if someone would have looked around at that point, I'm I'm probably twenty five yards out from the line. And for um, you, mate, but, that's pretty good for you as well. That's yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah. Not yeah it's good, it's good sprint, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say, that's but, so but far yeah, you're not really behind play. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a valid point. Um, but, you know, I think as it, as it happens, everyone did kind of see where I was. These things happen so quickly. Um, they all kind of knew I was on the line. I, I flagged and given it and just got out of there to save any 
you know, to, as I said, to signal to, to Daryl it had gone in. So, And from what I understand as well, because I was going to say that these things are very rare, but apparently there was a, a, another one in the second game. Yeah, yeah, old uh, Keith Lawrence. Um, he, uh, the ball, ball sort of crosses the line. He, he's sort of thought it for a second, stuck his flag up and hopped his way down the line. Um I don't think with that one, nobody really complained either. You could tell from the keeper's body language it had crossed the line. Um, so, yeah, you know, we kind of say that these instances are extremely rare and, and we've had two in two games. Right. So, um, there was, as I said, you know, previously there's been some really good social media coverage um, from the NFA, you know, with regards to these cup finals, and that's good. You know, we want to promote um, the cup finals. But um, going on to game number two, Chris. I've seen a bit of footage from um, the NFA, and uh, I'm I'm gonna um, keep this as anonymous as possible. But there was a text message sent, um, and I'll paraphrase what the text message oh, is a WhatsApp. Uh, is a WhatsApp and a text message the same thing? I think so. Um, but one referee said, um, "Can I borrow um, a short sleeve shirt for the game because?" Uh, and it, uh, because um, the only shirts I've got, I've got the AA, AA Sports logo on them, okay? Um, and there was a little bit of to and fro. Obviously, the message didn't come to me because um, I, I don't think I would be the same size as, as said official. Um, so uh, one of our refereeing colleagues did the decent thing and said, yeah, you can borrow um, a shirt because this referee said, and I quote, um, I do not want to look big time <laughs> I, I've heard about this uh, this whatsapp exchange admittedly um, uh, yeah it was talked about at the end of the game said referee had just returned from uh, an appointment at Brighton and Hove Al- Albion on the Premier League uh, <laughs> and he didn't want to appear big time um, but it came came to um, to light that said referee was wearing a communications kit that that is correct, and and a small defence on this, I found out afterwards, it wasn't said referee's communications kit. It was one of the other officials. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was definitely one of them. It was a bit of a oh, they're using comms. Um, so interesting to see. Um, it seemed to work really well. Um, you know, everything seemed to go smoothly. They all all went up in the same direction at the same time. So. Um, a valuable communication tool, I guess. But yeah, um, I guess not wanting to look big time and walking out in a comms kit then, uh, <laughs> is a slight contradiction. Yeah. So um, just let me clarify this then. So I, I didn't realise. So there's a, there's an official in Northamptonshire who's who isn't operating at the football league, I'm assuming, or or the or in the Premier League, who's got their own communication kit. It appears so. And do they use it? I often. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't go into a deep conversation about it um, <laughs> at the time, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit. I was a little bit shocked, I guess, to hear that it wasn't uh, said referee's own communication kit. I mean, Bertie's been looking for an apology for me for some reason for for, for weeks. <laughs> I don't know what for, but um, maybe I should offer him one. So I, I was like hundred percent certain he, he was the one with the you know the comms kit, but um, maybe the county could invest in one and. Uh, See if it's an option for some officials, but then again, you know, it, it, if you've ever used a comms kit, it, it is a different kind of. 
beast because um, there's obviously the, the, with the option of um, talking to people over, over microphones, it, it, it does change kind of the way you referee as well. Yeah, it, we was having a discussion actually um, about this today um, and, you know, saying if you've never used them before, a County Cup final may not be the ideal opportunity to start, but um, we were talking that maybe it, it's something to help with, I don't know, coaching and mentoring in the future, even if it's a one-way uh, communication, so you can hear what the referee's saying, but they can't hear you. Um, to, to help with that development, so um, there were some interesting conversations. Um, and while we were watching the game, we, we were chatting with um, Ollie about what sort of things are said over the comms kit at what point. Um, so I think it was an interesting learning to hear throughout the game the sort of communication that would go between the assistant and the referee. I don't think they. Use commons kits at, at National League North and South today. Did Ollie mention that? Uh, he didn't mention it. No, I was uh, I was I kind of overhearing another conversation. If I'm honest, using my, the big ears of mine. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, um, some good points. So, um, starting off with a bit of positivity, there was a a nice email from the NTFA. There's a couple of NTFA semi-finals this weekend as well. As well as, I mean, we're getting to that point now where there seems to be finals every day of the week, pretty much, or semi-finals. And I know, you, you know, the NDYL and the Weetabix have both got lots of semis and um, finals coming up. So it's nice to see um, the losing team from one of the games, under-13s game from Find and Volta this morning, uh, email um, Jason and say that, um, you know, great game. They lost on penalties, but, you know, they said that all three officials had um, really, really good games. And it's always nice to hear those positive reports. You know, we've 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 highlighted some of them over the past, you know, few weeks, few months, even you know, as long as this podcast has been going on. Um, so yeah, that's a nice positive thing. But we are still seeing uh, far too many, um, you know, incidents of poor behaviour. Are you finding that you're still getting weekly reports on your league with regards to um, negativity? Yeah, that it's certainly been on the increase the last probably six weeks. Um, and I think the problem is you, you get to a semi-final stages of the cup and, and the competitiveness almost kind of doubles and the focus is on winning as opposed to, you know, coaching and developing a team um, and, and all, the, all the other aspects that involve in coaching. And ultimately, the referees are the ones that seem to get blamed or abused when a decision doesn't go their way or result doesn't go their way. Um, I've, I've had, you know, we, we had a, a game recently um, under 11s in a semi-final and we're having to get reports in because of the disgusting language that's going on from managers, spectators and, 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 assist, and assist, you know, um, assistant managers towards 14, 15, 16-year-old referees. It, it, it's crazy. Um and you know it's difficult for young people that age to have to deal with adults shouting and swearing at them from, from behind it's it's a sad time at the minute and and everything that comes into us is obviously being passed up the chain for for the people at the nfa and, and for discipline who are who are looking into it but it, it's it's just very disappointing i think from my perspective that we're trying to encourage these young referees uh, and, and they're subjected to this abuse. And I, I think, again, we talk about it, it's probably, you know, 20% of the teams causing 8% of the problem. You know, there are a lot of teams out there that, that do behave. 
now really good point um i saw something in on social media this week um to do with um cornwall fa um and i know i think ref support uk which is a kind of a big thing that's started um over the last couple of years or so um they were you know big on this as well so the cornwall fa have come out and they've made a statement they made an official statement through their um facebook page and twitter and everything else that they've got saying that um and we're not talking about red card defenses here you know we're not talking about you know things like that um we're talking about misconduct okay and what they're going to do now is any club or individual i believe that gets found guilty and it's proven of misconduct um they're going to name those people on their um on their website and through their channels now um you know thinking about this it's a it's a really uh interesting um point i'm just going to read out to you the actual um statement that they've made because you know it's, it's had a lot of shares and stuff and and, and i can understand why um so it says uh, and, and, and it's quite a long statement so i'm not going to read all of it but um it says um bear with because my, my eyesight's not as good as it used to be as <coughs> but it says um talk about um it's alleged that if it's alleged that uh teams or so if it's proven that teams are found to have um you know officials i guess of their club uh, be found guilty um then there will be names so just bear with a second all right here we go so misconduct charges and sanctions any allegations of misconduct that i received will be investigated and where appropriate charges will be issued in line with the fa regulations all results of proven in capital letters misconduct will be published highlighting the details of the offenses offender and the sanction this relates only to cases where further charges are issued and does not include red card dismissals um what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on that do you think it's a good idea my, my first reaction is yes um because there's actually a i guess a public display of of what they've done wrong um and people will get to know who these individuals might be um is, is it going to cure a problem i, I guess We'll wait and see what happens when they bring it into play. But um, it, it's a massive problem and, and maiming and shaming, I, I don't think it's really been done before. So it'll be interesting um, to see how that goes. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people will be embarrassed if they start seeing it all across the news, socials and, and everything else, if, if they've got a reputation. And I'm sure it might it might encourage clubs to do a little bit more um about it as well because you know there are a lot of managers or spectators out there and, and i hear it a lot you know can we have a strong referee appointed to this game because last time it all kicked off and all of this sort of stuff so you know maybe it gives the clubs a bit of uh mobility in terms of you know dealing with the individuals at their you know at, at their club because it, it's a problem and a lot of the time it is individuals and not not groups so yeah it, it's a difficult one as well i mean I, I think it's a good idea i think you know it shows if nothing else it shows a position of strength or an intention of of, of strength um you know i believe that parents especially you know i'm involved in parklands i know that parents have to sign up to a code of conduct to say that they, their behavior is going to be acceptable um 
it's a thing where you can be punishing the kid, the child, for the parent's behaviour. So, you know, if the parent doesn't behave, is it un- it's probably unfair on the child to say, well, you can't play for this team anymore because your mum or your dad or your granny or your granddad, whoever, is the one causing uh, all the trouble. I know at Parkland's Tigers, they won't take, you know, they have a zero tolerance attitude to anything like that. Um, it's not to say that they would, you know, ask the child to leave the club, but it would certainly ask the adult not to come to the games. And I think there needs to be a uniform kind of agreement or something that, uh, you know, clubs are going to follow this through, not try and defend, you know, say, well, the referee did this or, you know, one of the players did that. That's just not acceptable. Um, it's just, you know, you can't you can't accept that, that behaviour. Is, is, it's like Ollie said earlier, you know, a few episodes ago, it's, it's accepted in... Um, in society now, you know, you look at teachers, you look at police officers, they almost, um, you know, show picked on as, uh, as you know, they have, they're not the position in the position of authority that they once were. Um, so, yeah, uh, in essence, I think it's a, a good idea, but, you know, it's got, you've got to address the people who are causing the, the trouble. I don't think you can blame the children for this. Absolutely. And, and I think the last thing we want is children missing out on football because of this. Um, it, uh, the, on the flip side, you, you want that individual who's causing a problem not to be there um, because it's not a pleasant or safe environment for everyone else at, at the at the venue where the game's being played. So, so I agree, you know, we, we want the we want children playing um, and we need to make sure that the individuals that are, that are not following the code of conducts are, are dealt with without impacting the the child too much interestingly you know when you say interestingly the, the thing that comes after that has to be interesting um i was at a, a sports ground yesterday afternoon um which is a should we say a dual sport in fact there's more than two sports played at this ground uh so i was watching a bit of the soccer um and it was it's fair to say that the behaviour of one of the teams playing was not pleasant. Every decision the referee gave, he was pretty much surrounded by one of the teams. But um, game went, half-time came, and somebody somebody mentioned there was um, a big cup game going on on the, on, the, on the rugby union field. So I thought, oh, I'll tell you what, I like a bit of rugby union. I have no idea what on earth goes on. Um, don't know any of the rules, really. I know kind of some of them. Um, but don't really have a clue what's going on. Some, uh, and as one wag um, joked when I said this to him, he said, "Yeah, just like you when you're refereeing football matches." <laughs> we all had a good old jolly laugh at that. But anyway, um, so let me tell you, this notion of rugby players are all gentlemen, and you know they're going to pat the referee in the back for all the decisions. That wasn't evident yesterday. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> There's two or three old boys, ex-players, obviously connected with the away team. Um, and they must have had about five pops at the referee in about 30 seconds I was stood there, and I was looking at them thinking, I thought you were all meant to be like really friendly to the referee and pat him on the back and say, yes, sir, well done. Um, but even the players weren't. I think whilst I was there, there was two players sin-binned for mouthing off at the ref. Yeah, it's um, something I was reading a, a few weeks ago about how behaviour in rugby is starting to you know, sort of creep a little bit towards how, how football is, uh, is how it was worded. Um, so so I think, I, I still think that they're a lot firmer on, I, I guess, 
the equivalent of dissent um, than, than football may be. But um, yeah, it's in, it's interesting that you sort of, you saw that and experienced it. Um, I, I still think the the back chat and the the questioning is a lot worse uh, in football than it is in rugby. But um, yeah. maybe they'll look at they'll look at these reports and start stamping it out a bit quicker. They were shouting out stuff like. No arms tackle, which I wasn't sure what that meant, but um, and then they started shouting something like uh, one of them. I knew what offside meant. So he, he was shouting about that. Then he was shouting about something about him being off his feet. Um, I thought oh, that was interesting. Not quite sure what what that meant. Um, oh, well, ref, he was getting some right old stick. But uh, and then at the end, obviously, what they do is they all shake hands and go and drink twenty five pints of strong beer, and, and it's all forgotten about. But. Um, yeah, it, it, it was interesting, but yeah, I said the, it was, it was, it, there was a huge difference, even in that you know in that respect of dissent. But there was just a huge difference in the player behaviour, and um, Brian Dolby, who is uh, is an old boy now, um, he's, he must be in his eighties or so, and Tony Major will know him. Uh, he's one of the people down at this unnamed club, and. Um, he said one of the players, um, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle on the football pitch. And it was a, it was a classic line. He said, um, what they should do in that instance is they should stop the game, get those players to go on the rugby field and see how they cope with that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a valid point. And, um, you know, I think for us, a lot of it comes comes top top down and people replicate behaviour, don't they? Um, and you know i think in rugby there's a lot of lot of respect and you know there, there's some big punishments if you if you step over the line so um yeah it'll be interesting i think it'd be uh, a bit of a culture shock to put uh, i guess footballing teams into that rugby environment mate some of those are monsters honestly it was this bloke right he was a, i think he was a prop he must yeah i think he was wider than he was tall yeah. he was like a battering battering ram mate, yeah. i would not want to i mean I wouldn't want to get on the end of any of that. It's not for me that. I mean, I'm a big old boy myself, but no, no, thank you. No, when I used to play rugby at school, I was I always put myself on the wing because I was quite quick just to try and avoid those sort of challenges. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right, so we're going to move on to part, uh, part number two in a second. We're going to get our special guest all the way from um, sunny Orbiston via Essex, Errol Suter. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back to part number two of For Ref's Sake, episode number 23. Joined by my co-host, as I said earlier, Christopher Rowland, NDYL secretary, and uh, also secretary of the Northampton Referees Association as well. But we have got another special guest with us. We have got the one and only Mr. Um, Talkative himself, Errol Suter. Errol, thanks for joining us on the show, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Well, the fir- yeah, the first time we had you on, it doesn't really count, Errol, because the first time you come on for the quiz, um, you didn't do too bad, to be fair, but you're not at the top of the leaderboard like old uh, Albert Einstein, who's joined me this evening. So, um, yeah, we just thought it'd be nice to get um, to get you on the show. You're a busy man. I appreciate you. I, I believe you work in the fish and chip industry. I do indeed. I do uh, work in Milton Keynes. So, um, I mean, I was, Milton Keynes is the hotbed of fish and chips, I've heard. It's like the fish and chip capital of the UK. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> What's the name of the shop? Just, uh, oh, you might as well have a little plug. What's the name of the shop? Has it got like a, a really good name? There's one in Northampton called, called... Go on. It, it, I work for a company called Moors. They have three shops. 
and yeah. I work in, I work in, obviously one of them, I work for the owners, obviously, and they, the other two shops, they rent, rent out. So it's like, a franchise, I should say, not rent, but it's a franchise. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's called yeah, it's Moore's Fish and Chips, is that the name of it? Moore's Fish and Chips? Yes. Oh, that's, that, that's disappointing. I mean, there's one in Northampton called Oh My Cod. I like that one. Yeah, they're a chain. Oh, right, okay. I mean, this is a man who, you know, if that quiz had been about fish and chips, Chris, I reckon you'd have been in trouble. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, my uh, my knowledge of Northampton fish and chip shops is, is quite limited. Uh, is that because you're healthy or you prefer kebabs? Uh, no, I'll just go to the same one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say, what's the um, what's the most expensive fish on your menu at the minute, Daryl? Uh, Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, haddock at the moment. Well, uh, it, it's actually the same price at my boy. It was, but we just had a price increase today, funny enough. Um, <sighs> but haddock is is more expensive than cod because of um, obviously supply and demand and quotas. So haddock at the moment, obviously, obviously, I'm talking about just um, in the in the chip shop industry. So yeah, so it's it's tough times, especially for especially for small people because obviously you have obviously gas electric going up and stuff. Um, that's yeah. Ah, small, so... I, I feel sorry for small people, small businesses. Ah, I thought you meant small people. That's why I said Daryl earlier. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you, I, I, I would, I would never, I would never diss Daryl. I've got a lot of respect for him. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're such a nice guy, Evan. You give him far too much credit. But anyway, let's get back onto the, the reason we got you on the show is because we want to talk about football and football refereeing. So, um, your 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 fish and chip lifestyle, um, as kind, of, it stops you refereeing on Saturdays, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I work I work Saturdays, obviously. Well, until four o'clock. So um, that obviously that that hinders obviously what me my, my availability for Saturdays and also Friday evenings. Obviously, Friday evenings is obviously um, obviously the busiest night of the week on Fridays. So I need to be in the shop. Um, so yeah, so I, I predominantly do obviously Sundays, um, and I'm just. Um, going to venture into into a bit of mentoring as well which i'm quite looking very looking forward to nice um so thanks for the invite chris you're more than welcome thanks for putting your name forward and, and i'm sure we'll discuss this in more detail shortly so yeah moving moving on to um so your refereeing career is set so you at the moment you you're refereeing on sundays um you know across the county um, you, you've never been one of those people who, uh, you know, picks and chooses their game. You know, you'll go anywhere. I've seen your name on games over at Crick and, you know, all over the county, which is a fair old distance. If you've ever been to Crick, it's like, it's like, it's like, another, like another world. Um, but, you know, have you ever, did you, how did you get into refereeing in the first place? I'm assuming you used well, to play. I, yeah, I, I, I played till I was 40. Um, obviously, down in Essex, because obviously I, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Essex and moved up to, North, Northampton in 2021, um, and then obviously, obviously wanted to ref up here as well. So obviously, just transferred my my uh, membership from Essex to Northampton. Um, yeah, so yeah, like I say, yeah. So I, I played till I was 40, and then took the whistle up. Um, and I wish I'd I wish I'd took up the whistle a lot earlier than I did. But obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? So um, yeah, so yeah. So that's what that's that's how I how, how I get to refereeing because I want to give a little, uh, give a bit back to to football as such. 
Um, and obviously, obviously stay involved. So obviously, refereeing was. I didn't want to. Didn't want to. Didn't want to manage. I've done that. Been there and run a team. A lot of hard work. So um, yeah. So I, I decided to take the whistle. Um, took, took it up in 2006. Obviously went to level seven. I, was at, I think I was level seven for about two years, three years, and then went for promotion. Got six. Stayed at six for about another four or five years, and then decided to go four or five, which I'm obviously I'm, I'm currently at, and I'm, I'm happy to stay at five. I've got no inclination to go any further. Obviously, I'm I'm a, I'm 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 a I'm a bit more I'm an older older chap, shall we say? Senior statesman, Chris. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a nice way of putting it. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. As you just said, no kind of ambition to go any further, but you, it's nice to hear you, like, you want to give back to the game. Um, and what, you, what you've just said as well, you know, about mentoring young referees. It's a really difficult, really difficult situation we find ourselves in, in Northamptonshire. And I'm sure we're not exclusive to that, but in that um, we've got so many young referees. And me and Chris were having this conversation yesterday about um, about NTFA Cup finals. And, um, and I'm always a keen advocate of... Um, you know, giving these young referees a chance, and but you've also got to be able to protect them in case because these finals are going to be competitive, as you would imagine. And so it's good that somebody of your stature, you know, somebody who's been around the game, not just from refereeing but also playing, is willing to give back and willing to go and and, and support these referees because that's exactly, you know, what they need. There's um, referees, and I said this to to uh, Alex, Alex Compton, who was a previous guest as well, that referees, it's easy for them to get into bad habits, but if there's nobody to tell them about these bad habits, then they're just going to carry on doing it. Does that make sense? Um, so, <laughs> who coming through the ranks, did, did you find that you had the kind of support in Essex that Northamptonshire is starting to put into place now? Uh, uh, yeah, I, when I when I first started, I had a, I had a mentor, um, and I used to give him my games, and then and then I gave him my games, and he wouldn't turn up. So from that point of view, uh, it was a bit disappointing. Uh, not even if it was just a, a call to say, "So I want the, I'm not there today for X, Y, Z." Um, you know, so you know, I, I suppose it's lifestyle as well. I suppose obviously people's got different things going on in in in, in their worlds and stuff, like we all do. Um, I just, I just think if you're not going to, if you're, if you're supposed to be mentoring or observing or, or you know whatever you do, I think it's just a phone call to say I won't be there today because of X, Y, Z. You know, I think that goes a long way. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think it's just the day to start, isn't it? Like it's, uh, they, they, they don't, um, yeah, they don't, they don't give an explanation. They, they, you know, like they, they, people are quick enough to criticise, but not, not quick enough. To and obviously, put their time, time and effort forward. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that, then, Chris? Yeah, I think it, I think it's um, a really valid point, and and we talk about communication a lot um, in the refereeing world, and I know it's been talked about in the podcast in in previous episodes. And like Evel said, just a simple "I can't make it" just just makes makes that relationship better. Um, but I think. You know, I think what we're we're trialing this year. You know, the, the league, the youth leagues are, are putting some money behind it. We've got support from from various different people to go out and mentor. And, and you know, I'm really thankful, Errol, you've put your name down for for this. And I know hopefully you're out in a couple of weeks watching uh, watching one of one of my referees. But uh, 
support's massive um uh, and i think without that a, a, re a referee won't necessarily develop as much as we'd want them to um i, I also think and just put it out there a little bit is on the referee to look for that development and I'm, i know we've talked about this before um and i think you know when you came into Northampton, um, Errol, you were quite keen to join the, the RA meetings that, that came along to help, I guess, with your development, but then look at who you can use for mentoring as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like when I was back down in, um, in culture stuff, um, I, obviously I was a member of the, obviously the, the society down there. And, you know, you have a problem in the game or, or, something happens and you know you used to speak about it in, in the in obviously in, in the meetings like we like we do here in Northampton. You know, so so you know like you you bond, you build friendships amongst referees and also you get to meet other people. You know, like obviously it's like a like a referee family as they say, don't they? You know, and I, I think that whether that's in Essex or up here, you know, that referee community, um, they all stick together. You know, like through through good and and bad, and obviously the bad, obviously, but if something does bad happen, you know, there's always someone on the end of the phone to help you out. Which I think, you know, like obviously, a lot of people don't realize don't realize that. I, I don't think. So I'm, I, but then I, I, but on the other hand, I mean, you probably know Chris, obviously, obviously what, and and you Wayne as well, obviously through county and stuff. You know, where if if youngsters or even Obviously, the older or other people, correction, I should say, have a problem in their games, or you know, something's happened. Um, obviously, assaults because that's high on the agenda at the moment. You know, um, you know, I'd like, I'd like to think that you know, there's an olive branch out there for everyone. Yeah, we've mentioned it a million times now about um, you know, uh, you know, referees not being not supported by the county, but not being supported by football. I think. Um, you know, it's so, so easy to have a go, but you wouldn't have a go at a, a 14, 15, 16 year old kid walking down the street, you know, as such, because they've got something wrong. Now, these these kids don't make mistakes on purpose, but they just need, like you've just been talking about, um, they need that support network in place. And, you know, and, and now, now all these come in, there's going to be that kind of pathway, I think, of, you know, going from, you know, youth refereeing into into the adult game because there isn't enough from what I'm seeing anyway. And and I mentioned this last week, I think it was in the County Cup meeting. There isn't enough kids, if you want to call them that, coming through from youth football to adult football. And that's where the mentoring needs to come in. It's not just, you know, about getting better in youth football, it's also about getting more referees into adult football because, you know, same with volunteers, ten years down the line, ten, fifteen years down the line, we're not gonna have enough referees. Um, we were mentioning um, at, the, at the start of the show about uh, Cornwall FA um, and how they're kind of naming and shaming people who don't, you know, who, who do not follow what is expected of them. Um, but, you know, it's going to come to it, isn't it, where we, we don't have enough people who want to do it. They're saying that a lot of people are being put off refereeing through the polls and stuff that have been done. A lot of people are being put off refereeing because they know that, that when they do it, they're going to start and they're going to ex expect to be abused by somebody, which is really quite a sad thing. You, you wouldn't go into, I don't think there's many jobs, is there? Um, you know, 
I don't think you'd go into your fish and chip shop, you know, and expect somebody to be giving you some stick over over the cod and the chips every day. Or, you know, you, Chris, you're not going to go into work and expect, you know, your next door neighbour at your next desk to be more having a go at you about, I don't know, what your screensaver is and stuff like that. Um, I know we're being quite flippant there, but it, it's not, it's, there's no other kind of um, vocation. It's not even a job, it's, it's a hobby where you know that you're going to get some stick for it. That was a bit ranty. Yeah, no, not really. That's that's Randy Sunday, isn't it? That's because Luke's not there. So you're taking over from Luke tonight, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it does annoy me. Sorry it just annoys me. I mean, yeah, it, it absolutely annoys me that we still. In a, I just think that the punishments need to be stronger. Um, you know, I'm talking big fines and points deductions and everything. Throw it at them. You know, if we're being too, so- we're just being too soft, aren't we? Let's be honest. You know, we're letting these clubs get away with it. And, and you know, you every club knows, and you know it yourself, when you go and referee, you know if you've refereed that team before. Um, I, w- I was talking about um, a game I went to watch yesterday. So this afternoon I went to watch um, Chris Cole's refereeing um, the Cobblers development team. And um, I said to them, I was watching this team yesterday, and, and uh, two of the guys, or in fact, maybe even three of them, but two of the guys definitely on the game, referee on this league I, I was watching and they went oh yeah I know that team it's the number 10 he's, he's this and number 4 he does this and I'm thinking that's like you already know who the troublemakers are, are going to be before you I mean I'm just as a general chat um, you know mm. before you even start yeah yeah well, that's, just, that's the same thing. and then it, like with me on a, on, a, on a Sunday morning there's certain teams you know who are mouthy and you know or or, or gonna if the ball don't, if the ball doesn't run kindly for them, you know they're gonna they're gonna kick off and stuff, or you know, or, or I make a decision and they don't like it. Unfortunately, that's the that's the way it goes. Some I get right, some I don't. You know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, why do I want to cheat? I'm not. How am I going to cheat? I'm not. You know, I'm not going. I'm not getting anything from it. And you now that's my real bugbear. When it, you know, when I'm repping, I get called a cheat. You know, that's. What am I getting out of it? I'm not getting nothing out of it other than other than some grief sometimes, you know, or, or some 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 words. Obviously, you know, but I, I think sometimes they just try to they they they're pushing the boundaries a little bit. I, I suppose as well to to see to see how far I will go. And then you know, but I always I always take the skippers. You know, like you you will know when 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 my boundaries have been pushed because obviously I'll either speak to you or I will sim bin them, so you know, or or or, or even card them, you know, like red cards, depending on on obviously on on how on what they say to me. So you know, um, but like you know, like you were saying to the people you were speaking to yesterday, you know, they they they, they know, like as well as, as I do, you know, teams. You can, when you go out, you know, you, you know, you, you know, certain players are gonna are gonna react. So you know, but then I just give what I give, and and then let them deal with it. And then I say to the skipper, if you don't chat them up, I'll sort them out with either a sim bin or, or red cards. You know, and I, and I think you've got to be really, really strong, and you know, and, and enforce that. I think. Do you notice any difference between the football? So did you just do Sunday football in Essex? Um, yeah, well, I, I, well, when I, when I was down in Essex, I used to work for. A, Obviously, a, a fairly big chain. So I used to, I used to do like 
um, Saturdays, but I used to do furlough nuns, which is like UCL at, at, at beer. Yeah, yeah. So, another, so step five, eight step five at UCL. Yeah, yeah. Step, step five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah. do step five um, on the line. Um, you know, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, like... Well... Most, most yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but um, just so you know, the UC when I was a level four um, quite a few years ago now, the UCL and the Eastern Counties League, which you're referring to as a third on none, which is the you know that league, they were actually in the same pool. And some weeks we would referee on the UCL Prem, and then some weeks we'd referee on the Eastern Counties League, uh, and there was a big difference, and that's what kind of what I was getting at. So. Did you see? Do you see a, a, a difference in in the football and the attitudes from teams in Essex to teams in Northamptonshire? I know you, we're talking Sunday football and Saturday football, but do you see any differences in the attitudes there at all? No, no, no I, I don't. I, 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 for some reason, I think since 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 COVID, um, it seems to be like people are, are, are almost less tolerant of 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 people's mistakes or you know or or in, interpretation of the law but i, I think like you like you've, you've said it before on here before obviously a lot of the players don't know the laws of the game um you know and so hence why hence why they don't get decisions obviously go against them or for them sometimes you know and then, and then there's other weeks where obviously you know you referee 22 blokes and 22 blokes go yeah you're the best you're, you're the best thing since since guys spread but um no, I don't. I, I say I think the attitudes from here to to, to Essex are, are pretty much the same, you know, as it is across the country. So, um, and also the standard of football is the same, you know. Like at the end of the day, it's twenty-two blokes kicking a football, isn't it? At the end of the day. Anything to come in on there, Chris? Are you? Um, yeah, I think interestingly, for from my perspective, I I have it for teams as opposed to players, uh, especially from a youth level. Um, it, it's uh, one of those where I end up sending myself or, or one of my more senior referees to teams that we know might be causing a uh, a challenge that week. So um, is that I, I know because when I was... is that because of players or is that because of spectators and parents and management or management? A lot of it is more management and spectators over players. Um, I, I think you know when you get the older age groups, sixteens and eighteens, you get a little bit of. Uh, sort of player involvement in 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 that decision, um, but a, a lot of it is just down to teams that didn't get on last time they played each other, or something flared and flared up. Um, but the problem we have is they see me turn up, they know I'm on the league committee, and they're as good as gold, and nothing happens. That was my next point because Alex Compton, who is um, the fixture secretary on that league, he said exactly the same thing. Do you have a system then? Because um, I know there is, well, we don't have one in the NCFA, and I know I don't think the Den does either, where you have to um, uh, any kind of feedback for spectator behaviour, um, you know, manager behaviour. Because I know on the on the full time one for um, for the Milton Keynes League, there's a there's a there's a bit where you fill in where you, it says was spectator behaviour positive, etc. Is that the same thing for your league as well? I think there might be something. I don't particularly get involved in in that side of it. I see the the comments teams put about referees um, and the marks they give, but I know there's something that they fill out. Um, 
but, but I don't tend to sort of look at it, which I, which I probably could do more of. Um, a, a lot of it comes from referee feedback direct to me when, you know, they might contact me and said they've had a, a challenge in time that afternoon or they had a problem with X, Y, Z. And it starts sort of getting on the radar when you hear the same teams two or three times. Uh, and at that point, you kind of start looking at, at putting maybe a more senior referee on on the reverse fixture or or the next game just to just to see what's going on and, and to manage that a little better which in a weird way i i kind of don't like doing because you're almost rewarding a badly behaved team with a referee which we all know we're short of but at the same point you don't want a club referee causing carnage yeah, uh, if something particular was kicked off before yeah um so evel um what do you think, going back to you, because, you know, you're our guest, what do you think, what, as a player, an ex-player, ex-manager, has your attitude to referees changed, do you think? Were you, like, because you're a bit of a chat, a, a talker, were you a, were you a pain in the backside to referee? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if, I, if, if, I didn't, if I didn't think the, the uh, sorry, if the decision went against me, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, but then there was other referees like I just think oh god I've got in today oh god I've got to watch what I do watch what I say you know um, as as probably players up up this end obviously do with with other referees and stuff you know um, but you know it's, it's like I think I think you you get you, as obvious as it sounds you get to play the game don't you you know you know what you can what you can't say to certain referees. Um, so yeah, so I, no, I was of, of of when I played, um, you know, or, or, or when I was managing as well, um, you know, you know what he's like to say. Don't give him, don't give him any, don't get on the ref's back, blah, you know, just keep, give him a wide berth, and if he gives his position, get up, run away, don't say nothing. You know, that was that was how I when I used to manage, um, and obviously when I played as well. But then it was other referees, you know, like um, you could. I could sort of charm, charm, charm the whistle off them if that, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like you, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, it is <laughs> in my, in my, in, yeah, um, yeah, but you know, but it's it's a case of you know, like now, now, obviously, now I now because I referee now, obviously, um, you know, my my my. Um, how I look at referees now is completely different, you know, like whereas before it was, oh, yeah, the man in the black. And, it, you know, um, but, you know that, 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 that concept has completely changed, you know, because obviously I, I do it myself. So I know I know what what they've gone through to get where they are, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah um, definitely. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it can be a lonely, it can be a lonely, can, can be a lonely some day, especially when you're on your own. It's quite nice when you're out in a team. Um, I was, you know, I, I used to, I used to enjoy going out on a team, obviously team of three or team of four if it was a county final. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it, it's, yeah. You, you got to take the rough with smooth, haven't you? I think. Yeah, there's a big difference. I mean, I found that when, um, you know, because I did probably 15 years plus on a Saturday anyway of working in a team of three, um, and then after COVID and coming off the list as such. Um, going out by yourself, it, it does make a big difference, and that's you know that's something we forget about Sundays, particularly with these young kids. Um, they, uh, you know, it's that support mechanism. If you're in the, you know, 
I quite like it. You know, if I'm if I'm ever in somewhere like Lingswood Park, where we've met up a couple of times, De- uh, Emil, and uh, <laughs> yeah, point down that, that time, uh, or you go, I don't know, the race course, or um, you know, places like that, you're always going to bump into somebody, you know, who you know. You can have a quick couple of minutes, and it's nice, isn't it? Whereas if you, you know, you somewhere, I don't know, um, a place where you are by yourself, it's quite a a lonely experience sometimes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, but but, uh, but then I think I think also I think you have to spin that a little bit as well. Whereas you know I, I've had games and don't get me wrong, you know I've I've found it challenging, but they're the games what makes you stronger. I think you know it's not because it, if you want to if you want to progress, I think you know you you need you need them games to challenge you because if you're just turn up every week and you know and you're sailing through and you have no problems. Um, you know, it's the games where where, where the teams um, uh, are, are, are a bit feisty, shall we say? Um, you know, they're they're the games. What what I think what makes you a better a better referee. You know, and it's not until after the game then you look back and you think, oh, I could have done this better. You know, you sort of like I, I don't know if you do it, but I, I obviously I sort of like look at myself. Well, I don't need to be told I've had a bad game. I know I know I've had a bad I've had a bad game. You know, just just by Obviously, my obviously just just I just know, you know. Um, so yeah, but uh, I say, but it, 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 it's the challenging games. I think what make you make you a stronger referee in uh, in in obviously in the long term. So, as a referee, then, what do you think your strengths are? What do you think? What's the best part of your game? Do you think? Uh, I, I would like to think my man management. I'd, I'd, I'd rather talk to. I'd rather talk to players to begin with. You know, I give them. I give them the. I give them the. the, the I dangle the carrot, and then and then they want to read it and hook themselves. Then that's up to them. But you know, I I would rather talk to them. And if they don't, if they don't want to adhere to what I'm asking them, and then and then I would obviously then go down 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 the route of caution or sim things, depending on on how it is. But you know, I'd like to think I'm. You know, I think I'm firm, but I'm fair when I ref. In my opinion, well, you've seen me ref, Wayne. So, um, you know, I have seen you ref. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think I'm firm but fair. I think, I think that's how I sum myself up. I mean, there has been an argument. Um, so, me and Luke talking um a few weeks ago about the system the promotion system now and how you can get through it um maybe a bit you know it's not as much a challenge don't want to say the word easier but you know it's um you know it's a system set up for for getting people through the system now if that makes sense um and you know what you've just said kind of qualifies the argument that some referees may get pushed through the system too quickly because they haven't got the life skills or the life experience to talk their way out of a a lot of situations, it's very difficult. I'm going back to you know the youth referees. It's um, I've seen some brilliant referees recently, um, young referees who who talk a lot, but a lot of these young referees don't talk because I think also because they're not used to talking. You know, most of um, teenagers these days. Do they talking through their phones, don't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm just as bad in that as well, to be fair. You know, I'm on my evenings off and stuff, so you know, I, uh, I'm on my phone just as much as probably 
probably the youngsters. But um, what are you? Know, you, you a TikTok man, or are you a TikTok man, or Instagram? Which one are you on? Uh, Instagram. I, I, I'm on it, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't post much. To be fair. <laughs> Do you um, know what TikTok is? Like, yeah, I've, I've been TikTok, but that's owned by a Chinese for a minute, I, <laughs> I don't know, mate, but that's not for this podcast. Let's move on. But, um, Chris, you got any questions for Darryl? Uh, I'll keep calling you. <laughs> you got any questions for Darryl? I'll give him a call and then I'll consent to Errol. <laughs> it's all these L's in people's names. It's, 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 it's absolutely flummoxed me. And, and another right. comment. Go that's, on. That's no offense taken at all, Wayne. Um, I'd think following on from from what Wayne said about you know your your strengths, what what did you find you had to work on the most as you were going through sort of seven six and six to five? Um, positioning was was used to come up quite a bit, and then and then also the, my whistle my whistle tone was that was picked up a couple of times. Um, but, then I, but then but then I've now I, I, I the whistle I use now I use a sonic blast at the moment. Um, so Solid yeah, choice. so yeah, but, but pardon? Solid choice. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Sonic Blast. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah, Sonic Blast. Yeah, it's a Sonic it's Blast. 100, yeah. 120, it's 120 decibel. Is it? Um, I've never even heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it an Acme yeah. thing? Is it an Acme one? Or is it, is it a different make? No, it's a different make. Sonic. I think um, it's a Fox, yeah, uh, like a Fox 14, but an upgrade. <laughs> Whoa! It's like the electric vehicle of whistles. No, 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 no. no. The main referee, uh, the, sorry, the main whistle is the uh, Vulcan. Vulcan. Oh, it's called now. We've got to episode twenty-three, yeah, anyway. and um, you know it's it's come to it that we're talking about different whistles. I didn't think we'd ever get to this most boring point. So you were saying, like Chris asked you that good question. To be fair. Um, I think positioning is really difficult, um, a really difficult one for anybody. I never, I don't think, it, even even I didn't master it. I used to get picked up for it a lot as well. Um, and you see a lot of the younger referees now, they get picked up for it too because it is a difficult understanding. And the game has changed as well. As what you know, this, this thing with goal kicks, where you never know where to stand these days because they, they do some some weird things. We were talking about this the other day. It's like, so what they do is they pass it to their defender. You then pass it back to the goalkeeper, and then the goalkeeper just whacks it anyway. So you might as well just whack it in the first place, surely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it, but that, 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 that's the thing, because and I think also as well. I think like when when you're getting observed, um, I think you know different different observers look for different things. So you know, so like I say, one week they'd say, yeah, your position, yeah, your position was really, really good, and then the, and then and then and then like obviously the previous. Your previous observation was, you know, your your position was really bad, or your whistle or your whistle tone needs to be louder, or or the, you know, obviously if you're blowing for a free kick and the severity of the free kick needs to be a lot higher pitch than 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 what you're doing, but then I, I suppose that's just experience as well, I suppose, isn't it? You know, like obviously when you're when you're learning the ropes as such, you know. Um, you know, that's quite quite daunting. I think you know, sort of to, to think that you're in charge of 22, 22 people, obviously kick, kicking the ball around. You know, so you you know you've got to be on your guard for obviously for the ninety minutes or sixty minutes, depending on obviously the duration of that game. So you know, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's like I say it's it, but it's also rewarding as well. I think. 
Oh yeah, it goes back to goes back to the point we've made before now is where you know the majority of the referees coming through are youngsters. But then you know it's not like driving a car where you've got to do X number of weeks behind the wheel. You're literally doing six hours, um, a few hours of uh, theory stuff, six hours of practical stuff, and then away you go, off you go, and it's good luck to you. And if those referees don't engage again with um, any CPD like we were talking about, then they're just getting to those bad habits and they'll never learn. And let's be frank, most of them are in it for financial gain and you can't blame them because I'd rather be doing a under Evans game for 25 quid or whatever it is than, you know, going out and doing a paper round and um, getting, you know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning when you can earn that same mm. money or more in an hour in, in a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I take time to change, haven't they? You know, like, like, like everything. Unfortunately, it's it's the way of the world, isn't it? Now, oh, you just can't. I can't um, imagine some yeah. of the people we referee on a Sunday morning ever. I can't imagine that half of them ever going into re- football refereeing. Ever, I, it's just not. It's just not appealing enough. No, well, no, no. It's, I, well, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't possibly comment on that. But it goes back to what you said. You said it earlier. You said that you want to give something back to the game. I don't think, and um, I know Derek Wright's a, a big advocate of this at Cucknow as well. As, you know, you, you go up to Cucknow, you go to, um, you know, Owen Chenix, you go to Wellingborough, you know, Whitworths, all the same people. I mean, I've been in, in the county. I mean, you only just got here, but I've been around the county now for 20 years plus, and you're seeing people you've been seeing for 20 years. There's no new blood coming through. What happens when all these volunteers go, and what happens when all these referees go? It's the same thing. There just isn't the people who want to replace them and go back into. And it's like you've said as well. It's kind of a different. Um, it's a different mindset. What life is different now. You know, especially since COVID and stuff. People work different shift patterns and all these kind of things. So life has has changed. I don't think football has, um, you know, been, you know, changed and kept up with the times. So we we we're still in a situation where people are willing are having to give up their time um for nothing um and you know as, as we were saying to get a lot of stick for it as well it's not really going to encourage you to go and do it is it that was no, rant, well, that was rant number two by the way I, well i i yeah i i agree with that to a certain extent but i also think you know like if you want to like if like if football teams want to want to survive then then you know, either people have got to volunteer or or they don't volunteer or help out, you know, that, that team will fold. You know, um, you know, that's the that's the way of the world, isn't it? You know, you either like they say, if you don't use it, you lose it, don't you? At the end, you know, that's that that's that old scenario. And I think it's it's just, it's the same with like you were saying of obviously with with obviously refereeing, you know, there's obviously there's there's, there's the young the young ones, obviously predominantly do it, for, do it for the money, um, and then you know I'd like to think that if if they were if they were shown shown, shown signs of um, you know promise, you know I I think they would get scooped up by the county, you know, encouraged to to take that referee path. I think. Yeah, I think you, you know. Which I I, I I don't know what would, I, I don't know. Obviously, you, you have a better idea than that, Chris. No, we we've said this, you know, we said this on episode two or three where um now we've got Ollie Ollie Mackey in place. We you know, you joined us, would you say, twenty twenty one and you know, and this is no 
slight on anybody, but you know, financially, we the county couldn't afford a referee development officer. Um, you know, people used to point the finger at Luke, but it actually wasn't his job. He was just referees was his remit, but he had about four or five other things to be doing as well. And it's easy to point the finger um, at, at people, organisations, and stuff. But now I think now we've got Ollie in place, we've got that you know that potential of having a, a pathway. Um, and that's what we need, you know, a pathway of th- not just through the county, but getting these young referees like Ralph Seconton last week. We were talking to him about, um, you know, going on to the, the core program. That's exactly what we need. And, you know, there's got to be that carrot, isn't there? There's got to be that carrot to want to to want to be better. It can't just be that financial side of things. It's got to be, um, look, you, this is where you could be, you know, Stuart Burt coming in, doing bits and bobs. You know, we've got Dean Whitestone and, and others in the county, um, you know, who've got to that level. Um, and those, you've got to, we've got to get those people looking and saying, look, these all started where you started, and you can do this. But you've got, as Chris has already said, as well, it's not just we're going to give all this stuff to you. You've got to give something back as well, because otherwise it doesn't work, does it? No, no, definitely, no, definitely. But well, it, 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 you know, it, it's 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 about mindset, isn't it? You know, like, like Stuart was saying about you know, you set goals and stuff. You know. It, it, you know, like that—that that is such good, such good advice. And also, I think Rob said it last week as well. I think didn't he? You know, you set yourself. I want to do. I want to do this X Y Z. I, I want to get. I want to get to A B C. You know, but to do them, you know, you've you, you've got to set, set yourself a goal and and stuff. You know, um, you know. But then, but then obviously, like with Ollie, with Ollie's now been been obviously obviously RDO. You know, that's 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 got to be a good thing, surely. Absolutely. And anyway, we've been chatting for like far too long now. I knew I knew you wouldn't be a short one. Um, and like what you said about Dowd earlier, but um, I knew you wouldn't be a short one. So you know, we're going to stop there because I've, I've got to go and put this all together now and tell Luke the good news that he doesn't have to record tomorrow night because we've we found a replacement. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we got a bit. Well, I got a bit ranty um, as usual. Um, all the best for the rest of the season. I'm sure there'll be more cup finals and things coming your way. And, uh, you know, we wish you all the best. Errol, not Daryl. Thank you very Oh, you got my name right. Thank you very much, Wayne. Thank you very much, Chris. Enjoy yeah, thanks, Errol. It's your... been really interesting. Stay okay, Enjoy so, the mate. rest of your weekend. And I'll see you. I'll see you on, I'll see you on the football circuit sometime. Thank uh, you. See you there, buddy. See you again. Cheers, Errol. Bye. 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 Right, so welcome back to the final part of episode number 23 of For Ref's Sake. So thanks to my guest co-host, Chris Rowland, for joining us. Thank you, Chris, for filling in to the size 11s of Luke Scott. Have you enjoyed it? I have, and uh, yeah, thanks for messaging me earlier to, to invite me on. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure, and I've really enjoyed it. I mean, to be fair, um, I'd forgotten Luke was in London and I'd forgotten it was the social media director's um, birthday. Apparently, he did tell me um, that, you know, they were going away. But, you know, true to form, I probably just ignored it and pretended it wasn't happening. Yeah, you know, these these things happen. Um, he probably told you Monday night at the quiz, so. Yeah, and we're so focused, weren't we? So we, 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 were, we were at a quiz on, um, on Monday night and we thought, you know, we've got uh, myself, you know, the brains of the operation. We've got the top of the leaderboard, uh, Chris Rowland. We've got um, the former 100% streak 
um, owner, Luke Scott. And it's fair to say that all three of us were pretty poor. And probably Rob Evans was um, our top performer. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think we sort of said on the night that the questions were extremely difficult and, and half the time we didn't even understand the question. So the fact we actually got some answers right, I think, is uh, is testament to our intelligence. Oh, there were some bangers as well, some bangers of um, raffle prizes. Uh, we didn't win any of them, but there were some great raffle prizes there. Uh, and I think the only thing that we came up with was best team name, which is a box of chocolates, which was uh, which is still in my kitchen. Uh, and also Robbie Evans, actually, you know, as a reward for his hard work, determination and good answering skills, he won a self-stirring mug. Although he was really disappointed that the self-stirring mug um, was not self-stirring. So it ended up just being a mug, a bit like him. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there was sheer disappointment in his face and... Uh... Yeah, it was uh, a cracking prize that uh, apparently didn't work. But I brought it home with me, and I'm going to try um, some better batteries and see if I can get it to work, and uh, and then I might pass it back on to him. So, um, as we were saying earlier in the pod, um, it is the social media director's birthday tomorrow, so uh, we're just going to play out by saying thank you to Errol Suter for joining us, um, and you know, best wishes to the SMD tomorrow. Thanks to Chris for joining us. Um, and here's a little bit for you, SMT. I'm just hoping that she still does the social media stuff tonight and she isn't too drunk. Yeah, happy birthday, SMD. We'll be back next week, episode number 24. We've already got our guests lined up, so we hope you have a lovely week, everybody. And take care of yourselves. And also, this song goes on forever. So, yeah, we'll see you again next week. Thanks again to Chris for stepping in. Thanks to Errol Suter. Um, Chris is still top of the leaderboard. He's been crowing about it. He's been, you know, showing off. Is there anybody out there who thinks that they can knock Chris Rowland off the top of the leaderboard? Are you you feeling confident, Chris? Obviously not. I think think I'm having a technical, technical issue. That was my fault there, Chris. I've absolutely stitched you up there. I can hear you now. Ah, good, thank you. Sorry, I couldn't hear you through that. That's too noisy. So, as I said, are you feeling, are you feeling confident of staying top of the board? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no one's no one's moving me off the top. Oh, big chat. So, if you think you can beat Chris, drop us a line. Um, have a great week, everybody. Next week, we'll be back every Monday. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. Uh, subscribe to us on Spotify. Apple Podcast, and maybe one day we'll be back being number one referee podcast in Malawi. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye.